Welcome to the Uncomplicated Leadership Podcast with Caleb and Chrissy Cole. Join us as we learn to lead together from the simple to the strategic. Our goal is helping you uncomplicate your leadership life. Welcome back, everyone, to the Uncomplicated Leadership Podcast. I am Caleb Cole and here once again with Chrissy Cole. Good the to see you. Oh, well, good to hear you. Good to hear you. Good and to be with you. I'm seeing you. We're just not seeing all of you <laughs> listening. Uh, but hey, we're so glad you came to join us again. This is our third podcast, uh, third episode. Can't believe it. Time flies when you're having fun. And we actually just want to encourage you. As always, we thank you for joining us. But our mantra here is that from the simple to the strategic, our goal is helping you uncomplicate your leadership life. So I think Chrissy and I both have recognized just how complicated leadership can be as leaders. Uh, we've been leading for many years and it can become very complicated. So we want to help you uncomplicate that leadership life of yours. And so I'm super excited to be here with you as always, Chrissy. Um, what are you most excited about here in 2021? I'm so excited. And if I could be vulnerable and transparent with you, because <laughs> that's what we're going to be talking about today, um, is that it's been really busy. The end of the year for us is yeah. actually January. A lot of people think the end of the year for them is December, like, because you're starting a new year. But for us, we started our organization at the end of January. So it's like January is like, let's wrap everything up. So we finished mm -hmm. seven years in the um, church organization that we started seven years ago, and we just are entering our eighth year. And I guess I'm excited mostly about that. It's been so busy and sometimes you get bogged down with it. Um, but after having uh, a day where we got to cast vision to our church and talk about all the things that we're excited for and lay that all out, I'm excited for all the things that are you know, could prospectively happen in year eight. And the number eight actually has a lot to do with new beginnings, biblically, you know, yeah, seven is a year of completion. Eight is a year of new beginnings. So it's scary and it's exciting all at the same time. Yeah. So we hope that uh, 2021 has kicked off in an amazing way for all of you uh, in the middle of a pandemic, still, still battling along through this. But man, we're seeing so much fruit even from this podcast. So thank you guys for being a part of this journey with us. Uh, we truly hope that uh, you're, you are finding ways to un uncomplicate your leadership life. So today we are on myth two that leaders can't show vulnerability. And this was something that really came from you, Chrissy, because it was something that I think, you know, was spurred in your mind, heart, and you challenged our actually team with it. And then it led to us to be like, hey, we should talk about this with our podcast. And we're actually gonna split this into two parts. Uh, so this is part one of Leaders Can't Show Vulnerability. We got a lot of content to get through today. So we're gonna just dive in. So why is this so important to you, Chrissy? I think it's important to me because what we are looking at so closely with our team is just really um, how well we work together. And a lot of how well we work together has to, what that has to do with is the level of trust that you mm -hmm. have built among one another. And so without um, trust, a team can really fall apart. So it's, it's easy to say, I gotta trust you, but there's things that we can all individually do in, our, in and of ourselves that can help 
breed a culture of trust and that is by being vulnerable. Mm. The reason why organizations with leaders who are not vulnerable are not working at the uh, maximum capacity that ca they can be working at is because there's a lack of vulnerability. So you might be operating on all cylinder cylinders and you're producing a product or you're getting a product or you're getting the you're maintaining goals, but the infrastructure of your team and the health of your team is deteriorating. So that productivity level will decrease eventually um, yeah. if there is no culture of trust. And that only comes by with vulnerability. vulnerability. Yeah, there is truly compelling evidence mm -hmm. that leaders who are prepared to and show more vulner vulnerability more easily gain the trust of others and are in fact more effective leaders. So having trust makes you more effective and the way to build trust is to be vulnerable. Now that means admitting our mistakes, right? Seeking help, apologizing. Oh my goodness. Apologizing, <laughs> uh, acknowledging we don't have all the answers. Um, all of these things are expressions of vulnerability mm -hmm. and this is how we build trust within an organization as leaders. That doesn't mean or matter if you're at the top, of the organization or near the bottom, uh, you still uh, need to build trust and that involves being vulnerable. So I think one of the challenges with vulnerability is if we look at the definition mm -hmm. of vulnerability, the literal dictionary definition of, of vulnerability focuses on weakness. So it says, mm -hmm. this is the definition, defenselessness, powerless, passive, passivity, passivity, or feebleness. So that is like, why would I want to be vulnerable. As I read those, I'm like, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. But what's crazy is you look at the synony synonyms of vulnerability and it's openness, receptivity, and sensitivity. And yet these are things that are rarely referenced when it comes to this idea of vulnerability. So I think that we focus on probably the dictionary definition. We think right. about vulnerability from a dictionary definition perspective. And we're like, I want nothing to do with that. But if you think about it from a synonym perspective it's like no mm -hmm. i need to be open receptive sensitive like those are positive things yeah i like what um the psychologist robert d stolero he says this it is pervasive in our cultural meaning making to equate vulnerability whether physical emotional or ex existential with something shameful mm. um an aberrant weakness to be kept hidden and evaded or counteracted through some form of reactive aggression and destructiveness. I mean, that just summarizes wow. everything that you said of just, you know, seeing some seeing vulnerability as something as a weakness when yeah. really it is a it strength. And this is how our culture perceives um, vulnerability and right. especially in a, you know, stoic somewhat of a, you know, achieving achievement based culture. Absolutely. It's all about strength. And it actually makes me think of a book that we read by John Tyson and it's, um, it's called, uh, the burden is light. Yeah. And he said that it's so strange and almost ironic that people in America and in our culture, oftentimes when we say that we're winning at something, we say we're killing it, we're slaying it, you're murdering it. <laughs> and it's so negative. But those kinds Killed of it. those yeah. kinds of nuances play into the way we perceive strength, the way we perceive winning, the way we perceive right. even something like uh, vulnerability. Yeah, 
I, I was thinking about, and Chrissy's a big fan of Brene Brown. You referenced John Tyson. Uh, we've read a few of his books, but Brene Brown, uh, you know, she wrote a book called Daring Greatly, and this is all about the courage to be vulnerable and how it transforms us. And so you should definitely pick up that book if you're interested in growing more in your vulnerability. But she said something. She said that vulnerability is the core, the heart, the center of meaningful human experiences. And she defines it as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. But there's some myths about vulnerability. And so the the myth we threw out to you at the beginning of this is that leaders can't show vulnerability. And the reality is that vulnerability actually is something all leaders must show if you're going to be effective. All leaders um, have to show it. Otherwise, you are not building the trust necessary to lead effectively. And so she gave three myths, actually Brene Brown in her book about vulnerability. The first is it's a weakness. And uh, I think that's a huge, uh, you know, myth that we feel. I've felt that at times that if we are vulnerable, um, then we're weak and we consider, and honestly, as a man who has bottled his emotions for much of my life, my wife uh, often jokes that I'm a robot. Uh, <laughs> you know, I can equate or, or relate to this idea that uh, I consider my feelings to be often wrong or unhealthy, mm-hmm. and I shouldn't feel that way, and so mm-hmm. I don't want to express that, and so I just bottle it up and push it down. And as a leader, I can't ever express or show any of my uh, emotions because that's weakness and I have to be strong and stoic. Right. And that's a huge myth that I think has done me a disservice at times in leadership. And I've been working on, you know, being more vulnerable because it's right. not weakness. Right. And, you know, I think there could be a further study into how women are catching up to the same mindset of men mm. in a culture that uh, champions winning and achievements so much. And so while I think you may have mentioned as a guy, and maybe you didn't, you know, just as a guy, as a man, I think that women in this culture are getting Mm. to that point where they are also, um, you know, fighting off vulnerability in order to be, you know, achieve more. Well, that leads to the second thing she said, which Mm -hmm. is that some people don't or can't experience vulnerability yeah and the idea behind i believe that myth is that you know sometimes you feel like vulnerability is a choice where you tell somebody you open up yourself Mm. and you wear your heart on your sleeve but it's not really always a choice but it's rather more of a choice on how to respond when elements of vulnerability you know, come to us, which is uncertainty, risk, um, emotional exposure. When something does make you emotional, those those are things that happen to us. So it's so how you're we saying respond. we can't avoid. No, it's an unavoidable vulnerability, but it's how we respond to it. It's how we respond to it. And here's the it's thing: good. everybody's gonna run into uncertain times in their life. Everyone's gonna yeah. have to come to a point of whether they're gonna take a risk or not. Everyone's going to have something that triggers them emotionally, whether they cry yeah. or not. That's another thing. It's not a myth here, but I think <laughs> it's also equated to vulnerability is of somebody who cries easily. <laughs> and some people will maybe even boast that they're vulnerable because they cry, but crying is not necessarily a tell tale that you are vulnerable right so that that is you know making the choice um to be emotional mm. not vulnerable yeah. and so um it's essentially many of us respond by avoiding um some of these 
things that greet us like uncertainty, risk, um, being emotional, or we suppress vulnerability. So we just have to be aware of how we respond. I know I've done those things. (laughs) And the last uh, myth she said about vulnerability, uh, Brene Brown, is it means spilling some of your secrets. And I think that's one thing that uh, is definitely a myth, a lie, Mm -hmm. that people hesitate to be vulnerable because they assume that that means they have to expose all their secrets. Right. And it doesn't mean vulnerability is not exposing your secrets. Mm-hmm. Vulnerability is often, like you said, you listed some of those things. Mm-hmm. It is greeting in a healthy way, uncertainty, mm-hmm. risk, emotional exposure, right? All these things. It doesn't mean you got to mm-hmm. tell every secret of your life, every failure you've ever had. That's not necessarily vulnerability. Right. Um, and so I think that's a myth. And that's why people run from it because they're like, well, I don't want to expose the dark parts of my life. Right, right. And those secrets and maybe dark parts, mm-hmm. that should be reserved maybe for people mm-hmm. that you completely trust and right. maybe are are closer than just a coworker. So right. trust is built, but there's levels of trust, and that's what we right. have to acknowledge. And I think also there um, there's a difference between vulnerability and transparency. And mm, and, and I think that we have to recognize that transparency is something that's um, definitely important in an organization. Um, but vulnerability yeah. is a personal um, is I think it's a personal practice. Mm-hmm. Um, transparency is easier in an organization, and transparency builds trust. It does all the it, it produces very similar things to uh, vulnerability, like you know, creating trust and unifying a team. But vulnerability happens, I think, individually, which is what I love so much about Brene Brown. It, it, there's a lot of personal responsibility that you yeah. have to take before you bring uh, yourself into an organization. It's good. So yeah. So we. We, that was kind of the intro, Mm -hmm. but we want to give you four things today that vulnerable leaders do. We actually have eight. Mm -hmm. And so this is part one. Next month, we'll be sharing with you part two of what vulnerable leaders do um, as we continue this myth Mm -hmm. that uh, leaders can't be vulnerable. But today's part one, and we want to give you four things that vulnerable leaders do. First, they accept vulnerability as a strength. Now, this is huge because I think that I've often seen it as a weakness. As we said earlier, was one of the myths. Uh, listen, being vulnerable is not a bad thing, and it doesn't make you weak. And we have to uh, allow that to soak into our minds mm-hmm. and our hearts and our spirits. And what we believe is it actually makes you a better leader because we're not wasting energy uh, protecting ourselves from what we think people shouldn't see. Mm -hmm. But we are allowing ourselves to show truly who we are, Mm -hmm. that authentic self, that authentic person. And so I think that when we accept vulnerability as a strength, then we're no longer worrying uh, about having every answer, about always having to be right. And even realizing that it's not just okay to not know, but it's actually okay to be wrong. And I think that that's one thing I had to learn and walk through is that I would admit that I'm wrong at times, even though um, for for a long time, it's like, no, no, I can't ever show that I'm wrong because that would mean that I'm not a strong leader. When in reality, like when you accept that vulnerability, it becomes strength. Yeah, it's a strength. But that also leads to the next um, thing that vulnerable leaders do. And that's they admit 
and own their mistakes. Yeah. Um, now, I feel like this is huge. Taking responsibility um, for mistakes is apologizing. I have been in environments far too many times where um, people who call themselves vulnerability vulnerable leaders, yeah. um, they'll make mistakes, but they'll, they won't take responsibility for it. So mm. they'll say that the, a mistake has happened in an area of leadership, but they won't own. So they, they'll be like, well, well it happened, but it is just rather than right. what apologizing yeah. or apologizing. And yeah. you know, this happens from, you know, early on, I look at my kids and when they're in fights, the first thing that they do is point fingers at one another yes. for the bad thing that happened, the fact that the, you know, got the thing, the frame got knocked off of the wall. Well, they're like, yes, it happened. It took place because we we're fighting, but nobody takes responsibility and says sorry to mom or sorry to one another. They just point fingers at one another. And so the opposite of vulnerability is self-preservation. Mm. And so by not taking responsibility, oh, that's you good. are not you know, you're just preserving yourself. And so it's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to own your own mistakes, but be careful and beware of the times where you're pro um, not just not taking responsibility and sometimes even projecting your, um, yeah, projecting. I think well, it's that so good. That's how we too. build credibility yeah. with people. And yes. that's how you build trust mm -hmm. is that you can admit your mistakes. Mm -hmm. You can apologize. You take responsibility mm -hmm. in, uh, a culture that we really do operate like children. Mm -hmm. You know, we make excuses, we point fingers, we avoid responsibility. That's yeah. what our kids do. Yeah. And, and yet we, we, you know, chastise them and correct mm -hmm. them and then go to work and do the same exact thing. Same. Even as, high-level executive leaders. It's because we've created um, different ways of explaining ourselves away. Like, we have more words to use, so mm. it's easy to explain different things and excuse different things. And as organizations get larger, it's easy to see all the other parts that you created. But when... Listen, leaders are always responsible for when things go bad. And that's something that we said when we first started our church. I remember being like, oh, man, I love that we can... I love that we can start our own culture and then like a year in, it was just like, we know we're, who all the mistakes like fall on. It falls on us. And yeah. then like seven years later, as organization has grown and there's like fallouts other different places, it's like, oh, I'm almost eating my words because we still have to take responsibility. That's on me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. I love just what you said too about self-preservation. I really hadn't thought about that as it related to vulnerability. Like why? Why are people like that? They're trying to preserve themselves uh the third one so first they accept vulnerability as a strength right this yeah. is the first thing that vulnerable leaders do second they admit and own their mistakes and mm -hmm. third they share their fears and insecurities yeah and that goes along with the self-preservation factor so go totally ahead. so fear and insecurity are inseparable really from being human uh and especially being a leader we we get scared we often deny we avoid it uh because we don't want to look weak uh, but man, when we admit our fears, share it with others, it really does some very important things of our in our lives. It frees us up from fear itself, right? The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Great quote. Uh, second, it allows others to realize we're human. Uh, you know, this idea of like acknowledging our humanity and our feebleness and our brokenness and our imperfection. I mean, as as pastors and Christians, we would say that's at the forefront, that no one's perfect, only Christ, right? And we have to lean into him. And then third, 
It gives the people around us permission to feel and express their own fear, to admit their own mistakes, to walk through adversity with a humanity attached to themselves rather than these robots who have to be perfect and never make a mistake. And so, man, we have to be leaders who share our fears, uh, who acknowledge our insecurities. We don't dump our stuff on other people. Yeah. Um, and this is a bold and vulnerable act of leadership. And yeah. it's one that I have not always done well at. Mm -hmm. I know that Chrissy, you're better at it than me, but I don't know you haven't that. always done it perfect no, no, either. No. Yeah, definitely um, not. Because man, I still want to mm -hmm. self-preserve, right? I want to protect do. the the image mm -hmm. that I have. And yet I know that it, it makes a profound impact. In fact, every time I preach and I share a story of my failures, mm -hmm. right, where mm -hmm. I'm not the hero, mm -hmm. because I think even as um, communicators and preachers, we have a a temptation to always make ourselves look good or like we're the hero. But anytime I share a story about where I like, I failed, I blew it. I messed up. Like I did not embody Christ um, or a good father or, you know, a good husband. I have more responses and interaction from people thanking me. And because it's liberating for them to say, wow, like my leader, cause I am the leader right at this church. We are mm -hmm. my leader admitted his, his failures, his insecurities, mm -hmm. his weakness, and it allows them to feel better doing the same mm -hmm. and to know like they're not alone. Yeah. And I think that's what we have this tendency as leaders um, to be so perfect mm -hmm. that we can actually create an image where we're, we're so separate from mm -hmm. anyone under us mm -hmm. because they're like, well, they're not like me. They don't have weakness. They don't fail. They right. don't you know, have cracks in their armor when in reality, like we're just like everyone else. Right. Now, the only thing that I would caution against when it comes to this is that idea that you mentioned of dumping, dumping oh, yeah, yeah. fears dump. and insecurities. Cause sometimes there's a level of dumping your fears and insecurities where your vulnerability actually becomes toxicity mm. in an organization. That's good. And when you start expecting others to carry your fears and insecurities without taking your own responsibility for working on those fears and response there's those fears and insecurities yeah then it becomes toxic to the group and so there's a level of like leaders where i i don't know that i want you to dump all of that on me with an expectation that i'm going to help you like carry fix that it. yes fix it when i'm just like wow so share your fear and insecurities but yeah. don't dump on people yes 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 and finally and finally they the leaders that are most vulnerable, they don't take themselves too seriously. Now, listen to me. While you said that the previous myth or the <laughs> previous thing that vulnerable leaders do is you something that at. I'm pretty good at, this is probably something that you are better at than <laughs> I am. So I wasn't going to say it, but I'll have to agree with you. You were thinking it. And <laughs> if anybody knows anything about Enneagrams um, and numbers, I'm a three. Caleb is a seven. Sevens are enthusiasts. They're fun. They never take themselves too seriously. And so he, <laughs> my husband, is, does this very well. And you've really taught me how to oh, keep stop. and I mean, keep talking. Keep Tell and me maintain your sense of humor. And if we don't do that, then we just become too full of ourselves, which some of us and many of us do and many leaders do. So essentially by not having a sense of humor and not by just relaxing a little bit, not by not taking not just yourself or not taking situations too seriously, like 
you're pretty much saying, do you have any idea how important I think I am? That's what you're saying yeah. when you when you don't have a sense of humor and when you're taking things too seriously. So we have to laugh at ourselves. And when we're vulnerable and we acknowledge the things that we have, um, have shortcoming in, we can sometimes just laugh at ourselves. We can't get down on ourselves because then, you know, dumping your or sharing your fears and insecurity ends up becoming like a pity party and that's mm. unhealthy. We don't want to get to that point. So notice when you're getting too serious, be self-aware enough to keep a healthy, optimistic perspective on things, mostly on yourself and how you're handling situations in an organization. And so, yeah. And I, I don't think that means that you never are serious. Right. I mean, everyone that knows me, they know like, yeah, I'm, I tend to be jovial, happy-go-lucky and goof around a lot. But like when it's time to get down to business, like I get down to business. Yeah. In fact, sometimes when people have joined our staff and our organization, um, when I get that way, they're like, whoa, you know, because yeah. it's like catches them off guard. Yeah. So there's a time for that. Yeah. But as a person and how you relate to your team and in relationships in the office and with mm -hmm. coworkers, like mm -hmm. we cannot take ourselves too seriously. We have to learn to laugh on ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have to learn to, uh, to, you know, um, even take joking as well as giving it out occasionally. Yeah. Right. Because I think that if we take ourselves too seriously, we elevate ourselves to this point of yeah. I'm important and I'm not human. I'm not relatable. Yeah. And we all want to relate to our leaders. Yeah, you want to relate to your leaders, but and you don't want to be a killjoy. I mean, Facts. that is toxic in an organization when everybody else is having fun and there's somebody who's just like, like taking something way too seriously and you just want to say, it ain't that deep. Is that what the 20-year-olds are saying? It ain't that deep, you know? Is that a thing? I think so. I feel like a lot of 20-year-olds in my life are saying that. Yeah. I just know the 20-year-olds say bet. Oh, I feel like that was already bet. passed. You know what? You think bet already passed? Yeah, I don't know. Bet. I've, I've never heard the saying you just said. Yeah, I've never heard anybody else say bet, so. Come on, Michael's here. Michael. No. Everyone says not, bet. He literally texted me the other day. 20s, he goes, bet. And he is nodding his head. And so <laughs> he I he think got it from me. Caleb is just trying to start some trends. But anyways... Listen, we, Bet, we really hope that <laughs> these four um, points will help you to become more vulnerable leaders. Do these things. So recap real quick. What vulnerable leaders do? They accept vulnerability as a strength. They admit and own their mistakes. They share their fears and insecurities. Asterisk, do not dump. And finally, they don't take themselves too seriously. So good. We hope you've enjoyed this uncomplicated leadership podcast. This was part one of the second myth, which is leaders can't be vulnerable. So we'd encourage you to come back uh, next month as we continue with part two. We have four more uh, ways that we can walk out vulnerability as leaders. And so mm -hmm. thank you guys. As we said at the beginning, uh, our goal here is to help you uncomplicate your leadership life. If you would do us a huge favor, Chrissy loves when I say this, mm -hmm. if you would jump on the podcast wherever you watch it, um, if you would comment, uh, man, comment about how it's encouraged you, leave a review, the reviews help, yeah. share it on your social media, uh, let people know that this podcast is helping you as a leader, um, growing you, mm -hmm. and uh, we're just thankful for you guys being on this journey with us. So. With all that being said, let's be vulnerable, 
vulnerable as leaders. Hey, and listen, you never know. We might get more vulnerable and add a video to this podcast. That'd if be great. If you are interested that in would mean you'd making have to put this podcast, I know I have zero makeup on, but I'm being vulnerable <laughs> in front of you and transparent. Although you see me every day, so and this yeah. is a very a regular occurrence for me in the office. You look amazing. Makeup or not. Anyway, so if you're interested <laughs> in seeing this podcast also become a video, drop a comment, um, let us know, and I think yeah, we we'll may get it on YouTube, huh? Yeah. Get yeah. On that so YouTube hey, life. thank you guys for joining us for the Uncomplicated Leadership Podcast. We appreciate you. We love you, and love uh, you can't guys. wait to see all God has in store for us in 2021. Yeah. Have a great day. See ya. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Uncomplicated Leadership Podcast with Caleb and Chrissy Cole. Keep up with Caleb and Chrissy on Facebook and Instagram and calebandchrissycole.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.